Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. This man that has a nickname always allowed to say with no shame. Sunday, February 28th, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Segelian here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. I got some company coming through today as well. Rich Hot Takes Letty. Got a bunch of NBA to get into with my man Rich. Looking forward to doing it as... A lot of people have been asking me, oh, where's the pod's been at? Unfortunately, the pod will be taking a little bit of a back burner. I'll be heading back to the golf course, back to my full-time job this week. Appreciate all love and support from everybody this winter, as the winters are usually tough for me, tougher than most. Looking forward to getting back to a little bit warmer weather, back out on the golf course, back out to the thing I love to do, as well as podcasting, which is my job. And... Looking forward to a better season, obviously, with the pandemic taking a little bit of less of an impact for individuals now, obviously, at work and out in the overall landscape of society. So we'll see how things get throughout the summer, hopefully way better than last summer, and I assume it'll be a much better year. Really excited, obviously, to get back into the swing of things, literally, when it comes to golf. But definitely a little bit upset when it comes to the podcast taking a back seat. Doing the podcast once a week is pretty tough. There's a lot going on in sports. Tough covering sports once a week. Definitely enjoy doing it. Still will be doing the podcast. Everyone will be able to catch me hopefully once a week when I make it on here. But appreciate all love and support. As I mentioned, as always, with everything I'm doing with the podcast. And as I mentioned, I got to few stickers coming through here if anybody wants to cop a sticker please reach out you can either shoot me a message on my instagram you can contact me via cell phone whatever you got in terms of contact get you a seggy station sticker but right now it's time for straight talk brought to you by seggy straight talk microphone it's always direct time to reflect love all the support I've been getting. As always, you can follow along on my Instagram page and Twitter page at Seggy Station. Get in a few last plugs here as you can follow along also with my podcast on my Twitch stream and follow along there. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Also got the podcast out on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Hopefully you get your podcast there. It's been real good over the past couple months, really working with trying to get the podcast to a certain point before I head back to work here. Got my stickers coming in for purchase, spread out the love, give them to a couple of my buddies that have come on the podcast, hopefully get a couple more people on the podcast. And obviously the world of sports have been popping and sports have really been providing a positive impact on not only social injustice and equality, but obviously sports fans like myself that I've been able to to enjoy some quality sports here over the past few months. And with that, I got myself a new hat, got myself a new light, got myself a new laptop, which is pretty much ready to go and can be fired up at any time. Just kind of like doing it on this setup because I know how to do it, even though this computer is basically clapped. But here I am. Um, It'll be... Be interesting, interesting transition, obviously, when you're not doing much for long periods of time and trying to stay busy and do certain things throughout 
the winter time and then head right back into uh, working and grinding when it comes to that regard with everything that I have going on. Um, it's been, I don't know, it's been better, I guess. It's, it's ups and downs, good days and bad days. And, you know, some days will be really bad and I'll get a text from one of my old friends like I got today, my old roommate. I'll get a text or a message from my underground friend. I'll get a text from Mustard who says, hey, man, where's the no pot on a Sunday? Like, come on, man. Um, you know, it's good. It's stuff like that that kind of keeps me, nudges me along and keeps me going. Um, knowing that there's uh, people out there that appreciate what I'm doing and like what I'm doing when it comes to my podcast and talking sports and, and just kind of putting myself out there, I feel like, too, at this point where it, the podcast has kind of become, um, I'm sure you'll know a little bit about me, a little bit about my sports takes, and just a little bit about where I'm at. And I just feel like over this, this winter, I've gotten some things done that I wanted to get done, not only with my podcast, but just around the house. I'm looking forward to obviously getting back to my job, but be tough leaving my dog like that again with my neighbor who was pretty much watching my dog when I go to work for 8, 9, 10, 12, 14 hour shifts and my dog would spend the entire time with my neighbor, fed her, let her out, um, not have to be alone. Obviously my brother is around to uh, take care of my dog here for a little bit but he heads back to work shortly too so that's always, uh, it's always tough for me. Leaving my dog that long and not being able to spend as much time with my dog as I swear my dog just does what I want to do, which is not being the cold and being the warm. So we tend to want to be doing stuff when it's warmer, and that's usually when I'm not around as much. So uh, definitely tough in that regard. Um, tough and not being able to link up with Rich, Chu, Dukes, who's back around. Uh, looking forward to going and doing some indoor golf with Dukes and his brother Smikes tomorrow. Who I've yet to get on my pod but had a couple people I wanted to get on the pod thought I'd have a little bit more time before I had to go back to work hopefully can still do that with doing a weekly here and there popping at least for I'll have a few weeks off in March so I'll be able to do it at least a little bit there hopefully try and get my old roommate from South Carolina on here and talk a little bit of sports and what he's doing with his music and try and link up my boy Carl with Selection Sunday being just a few weeks away March 14th is today, the last day of Black History Month. Black history always, I say. Uh, I think it should be promoted all year round, leading into the first day of Women's History Month, something that I believe should be recognized all year, year around as well. But two good months to support those causes, as that's what they are for, and that's what we'll do here. Rich should be here momentarily. Forward to chopping it up with Rich with a lot going on in the NBA over the past few days. And a bunch going on with college hoops. I know college hoops uh, is not really Rich's thing, but college hoops has definitely been fire. UConn uh, yesterday was watching it with Dukes. Looking like they're going to sneak into the tournament. Don't let UConn get hot, baby. But I will say, um, if you're doing a woman's bracket and you're picking any of the women's games, if you're not taking UConn women's hoops to at least the Final Four, uh, your bracket's going to be no good. Uh, I think UConn women's hoops is going to win the whole thing. 
Paige Beckers, she's been incredible for UConn literally all year, and it's been a short year, obviously, due to the COVID. Uh, last night or the night before, one of the two, she set a rookie assist record for UConn. She's already had three straight 30-point games for the Huskies. Um, Paige Beckers, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 14 assists, and 3 steals, and other wins. When I saw a few highlights this morning on SportsCenter of a few dives by an LSU center fielder softball player who was just incredible, um, why don't they have professional softball like for, for women's leagues? I, I kind of think that should be a thing, um, obviously, with what we see with the WNBA celebrating now its 25th year anniversary this upcoming year. Uh, you know, you probably don't see or can't see too many women playing a sport like football, maybe flag football, things of that nature. But I think we see them pretty much doing everything else. Why not professional softball? Or, or, or is there? And it's just not covered. Um, I'm going to have to touch base with you on that. But like I said, Paige Beckers, UConn's women's hoops. I think they'll be winning the bracket single-sided this year i believe in san antonio for the women's indianapolis for the men's a lot of great hoops this weekend Cade cunningham top prospect 40 points 11 rebounds in a overtime victory oklahoma state against oklahoma yesterday uh he'll be a top pick in the nba draft and he will win some games come this upcoming bracket time checking out the rest of the games zags Gonzaga remains undefeated, so they're looking like a perennial number one seed, but will they be able to get to at least a championship, potentially win a championship, being their first ever championship? Mark Few, I mentioned a few times on the pod, 20 straight, 20-plus win games now, 20-plus uh, win seasons now, I'm sorry. Um, just not able to get it done at March Madness time, we'll see if he can this year with UNC potentially sliding back into the tournament. Duke falling in overtime yesterday to Louisville. Interesting to see if Duke and UNC get in. Roy Williams recording his 900th career victory yesterday against number 11 Florida State. Big time victory. Hopefully he'll get them in. Fastest to get to 900 career wins. Only the fifth coach to do so. Shout out Roy Williams. UNC looking like they're going to slide into the tournament. Duke, we'll see if they do. Kentucky, not looking like so much. Baylor was looking like a number one seed. They lost yesterday 71-58 in the showdown between Baylor and Kansas, the two best teams in that conference. Baylor looking to repeat as champions in that conference. Loses to Kansas yesterday. Mentioned the game by Cade Cunningham and OSU, and Michigan is going to be a number one seed lookout for Michigan in this tournament. I think they will make a run for sure. Juwan Howard and what he's doing, former Fab Five member at his alum in Michigan, has been pretty incredible. Um, so definitely lots of good stuff to follow when it comes to college hoops. Selection Sunday will be March 14th both single-sided events when it comes to March Madness, but just really excited 
Now to have March Madness back after last year, not even having it, putting some of this stuff into perspective, being a full year now in which not only I've been doing my podcast, celebrating now a full year on the final week here of it, uh, but we now see that things that we didn't have last year, things that we could now have in coming back this year, obviously with last year being terrible on many forefronts, um, sports obviously will be a little bit somewhat normal when it comes to what we've been seeing recently with obviously now the March Madness tournament coming back again, um, obviously for us hoop fans. And I just think in general, seeing more fans, not only in hoop stadiums when it comes to NBA, college hoops, uh, we saw it a little bit obviously with the NFL, talked about it a little bit with Shoe Last Pod with potentially them getting in some fans in the stands for the MLB. Um, just seeing fans in the stands again, uh, hearing fans in the stands again at sporting events um, has been really good for the sporting f- guy that's tuning into sports. Obviously, the aspect that it brings to sports and then in general, uh, just being able to hopefully get back to a game soon would be fire. So, my guy Rich is here. Looking forward to getting in some NBA with Rich. What's good, Rich? Yo, what's good, Zach? How we doing? Not much, brother. Doing oh, well. Oh, I like the hat. Is that new? Oh, yeah. You like that? Yeah, it's dope. Yeah, it's like the stickers I'm getting, which I'm going to have hopefully the next day or two. So, I'm pissed because I, I got to go back to work this week. So, I don't know if I'll make it down to see you. But next time I see you, I'm going to give you one or I'll just send you one in the mail or something. I'll figure it out. Throw it on the computer. Uh... But yeah, oh, love that. <laughs> love to see it. Um, yeah, bro, NBA has been fire. I'm glad we'll get in a pod here before I got to head back. But I should have some days off during the week, so, and I think one day in the weekend. So hopefully we'll be able to link up a little bit, at least in the month of March. But Word. you've always been consistent with it, so I'm sure we will. But won't be potting as much as I normally do. Anyways, glad that this happened before we had to head back because, hey, bro, the Knicks, they're tied for the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm actually so happy. I'm so happy to see this. This is great. Uh, I do have a, uh, I do have one beef here in regards to what happened with the replacement of yep. Kevin Durant in the All Star game. We'll get into that in a second, but I did just want to talk about your Knicks here for a second. I'll start a bell for it. Uh, I thought I had the recording, which I don't because I probably just decided not to clip it because it was just so dumb. It was Michael K. You know Michael K. He's like a New York uh, radio guy. I don't know. I heard a clip of him the other day and basically just saying like, yeah, dude, don't fall in love with this Knicks team. Like, well, like pretty much just to be like a typical like talking shit on the Knicks having the best season in what, like 10 years. Uh, I did just need to mention quick. So Derek Rose had his first start the other day. Um, it was incredible. He had 18 points in 28 minutes, 7-11 field goals, 2-2 two two from three, six assists, and a Knicks win. Knicks got a win the other night. And by the way, or last night, I'm sorry. By the way, they're beating good teams, bro. Like, they beat the Pacers last night. They're beating some good teams. They're rising up in the rankings. And Julius Randle is playing incredible. Julius Randle should have been a starter in the East, not Jason Tatum. I think that's a fucking straight stud uh, remark that... Jason Tatum is going to get moved up for a starter instead of Julius Randle. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy to me. Uh, I'm curious what you think of that. But what the Knicks are doing right now is they're putting up 
a lot of points, really good percentage, playing really great D, and they're doing stuff that we haven't seen them do in franchise history. Um, and they're winning games. And I still hear people from not only Knicks fan base, but Knicks media pretty much saying like, oh, dude, like, what the hell, man? Like, what are we going to do? We're not, this isn't a championship level team. Bro, Why? how are you going to cheat the process here? Like, you don't go from being the worst team in the league to winning a championship. Like, there's things in between. To me, this is great stuff right here. This is all great stuff if you're a Hoops fan to just being able to see the Knicks right here in the standings at the four spot. Team that I think is going to remain in the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference. A team that's loaded. But just a crazy stat, Rich, before you comment on the Knicks. When you go and look, and I had to do this and check this out to confirm this. If you go and look at this, uh, so if you're a... If you're a 4-10 to 10 seed, the 4-10 to 10 seeds in the East are separated by one game, absolute bloodbath. If you're a top three, if you're a 3 seed in the East, you are in the playoffs in the West. If you're a 4 seed in the East and down, you are not in the playoffs in the West currently. Obviously with a lot of games going on. That's crazy but true. And also, the Cavaliers are 4-0 against the Nets and the Sixers this season. Go ahead, Rich. All right. Um, first off, I don't care what Michael K says. He's pretty sure he's the he's the yes announcer for the Yankees. So I don't know why he's bashing a New York team. I don't know how much. It, I'm sure being a sportscaster, he pays attention to basketball. But there's so many people. Like I don't know. I think there's good people to listen to about bad basketball and sports, and a lot of bad people. It's like. I don't know. Like, I know you like, I like Keyshawn too. I like Keyshawn a lot, but there's some people like what Keyshawn says about basketball. I'm just like, all right, dude, whatever. Like I'll listen to you more when it comes comes to football. Like there's certain people like Michael K is definitely not going to be one of the people I listen to about basketball. I mean, granted, any Knicks fan has a reason to be pessimistic. Like nothing ever seems to go right for the Knicks, but even the worst case scenario this year, even if everything totally crashes and burns, like, yeah, well, there's a little bit of recency bias there. Like I won't be happy as a Knicks fan, but like, this season is better than I ever could have expected already, even if they crash and burn for the second half, which, again, would be a terrible sign if not a good sign going into next year. But, like, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic that there hasn't been in the past. And I think it's ridiculous to say, like, oh, they shouldn't make the playoffs unless they're a championship contender. Like, yeah, like you said, you don't just go from, like, the Sixers process tanking to, like, a contender overnight. Like, even the Sixers did the tanking, got two generational talents with top three picks and Embiid and Simmons and, like, Back-to-back years or, like, three years apart, or, excuse me, two years apart, um, even that still isn't enough to just win a championship and go ahead. So that's ridiculous. You can't just, like, go from, like, bottom of the league to, like, a top-four contender. You have to take the middle steps. And usually that middle step, like, an eight seed or fighting for a playoff spot. The fact that the Knicks might be able to skip that and, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think they're going to finish with a five or six seed when it's all done and done. But the, if you can skip, like, a play-in tournament, which, again, I don't think they will, but if they come in with a six seed, that is, like, the most impressive season you possibly could have had as the Knicks. If you somehow avoid the tournament and get into the playoffs, that is, like, I would I would have been a million dollars on that not happening. Yeah, it's going to happen. Don't you worry about it. They're incredible. And I think Julius Randle should be a starter over Jason Tatum. I'm going to get back into you with that that's in a tough. second. That's tough. In a second. But I uh, just need to con- confirm these stats for you. Yeah, the Raptors, a four seed in the East right now, would be the nine seed in the West. Only the Bucks, Sixers... And Nets would make the playoffs in the East currently in the West right now. Yeah, uh, I was talking with a, I was talking with Dukes the other day. Uh, I was talking with Dukes the other day, and uh, had uh, that thing with the uh, 
switch with Tatum and everything with that with Sabonis getting in, which I think is is fine. I think Sabonis is an all-star. Uh, KD now being out for a little longer I think is interesting. Um, him missing the all-star game, interesting. Him still being the captain after not playing in the game, interesting to me. Um, wondered yeah. if you had any takes on that. Just like wondering, he's still picking the team. Like I was curious yeah. at how they were going to do that. I assume they would just allow him to still pick the team, but he's not going to be there. So, like, kind of weird. Like, why is he picking the team? I get it. That's how they have it set up. Um, but I do think that Julius Randle has an argument to be a starter over Jason Tatum. Like, straight up. Um, I do think Jason Tatum also could get out started for in Ben Simmons, a guy that I've shout on, um, just in terms of looking at the actual team. And I did see, and I don't know how much this is true, but I did see that Jimmy Butler was offered before Ben Simmons. And Jimmy Butler said, nah, I don't want to be on the team because Bam's not there. I don't know if I agree I don't believe uh, that. that that actually happened. Yeah, I think that happened. But if that actually happened, that's actually so dope. Like, he's like, nah, fuck that. Like, I don't want to be there. My guy's not there. Uh, yeah, I know there's a lot to get into there, but some interesting stuff for me with just the all-star switch-ups here. And if we're going to have any more, obviously, with it being a few days away and a couple guys opting out and obviously – the break coming here in a few days uh second half of the schedule release so i wanted to get into a little bit of that with you but uh yep. yeah who, so who was the dude do you remember i saw it on twitter and stuff who was the guy who was like oh it's like an abomination a disgrace to basketball that sabonis is in over bam and jimmy like who's do you remember who said that did you see that the other day no but i do think that bam and jimmy should be in potentially I don't, I don't think Jimmy should, and I get it. If you're just going off, like, who's, like, the best players, then sure. Like, yeah, Jimmy Butler is one of the top 12 players in the East. But, like, when you miss, like, a fourth of your team's games, and, like, granted, they'd have a comeback, but you're – they were, like, in the 10 seed for the majority of the time the voting was being done. It's kind of like uh, – for me – so, for me, Sabonis would have been my first pick to replace Tatum as a starter, and he wasn't even one of the picks into the All-Star game originally. He was a replacement. I think he's had one of the best seasons of any forward in the league. I think he's had a better season than Julius Randle. Um, I think Sabonis was the most snubbed guy over Devin Booker or anyone else for the whole All-Star team. He got in. I think he absolutely deserved it. I think it's ridiculous. There's, I think there's an argument for Bam. I think there's absolutely an argument for Bam. I don't think there's an argument for Jimmy. Like, without a doubt, Jimmy's a better player. I'd rather have Jimmy on my team. He missed a bunch of games, and the majority of the time the All-Star game with voting was being done, Sabonis was, I don't know, games ahead of the Heat in the standings. So I get saying Bam should be in. I kind of agree that Bam probably should have got, gotten in and maybe is one of the bigger snubs, but I don't think it's over Sabonis. I think Sabonis literally could have been a starter, and I wouldn't have batted an eye. Interesting. <clears throat> uh you think KD being out here through the All-Star game and during the All-Star game is something that's worrisome or what? what's going on here? I, I don't – I mean, I don't totally get it. I wonder how they're going to do it because he's obviously not playing on the team. So his team's going to need an extra pick since LeBron's picking on – playing on his team and picking for his team and KD. So, like, I, I don't really know how it's going to work. I guess the reason he's starting it or still letting him pick is because – the starters are more heavily voted off fan votes. So obviously fans wanted to see him in. And if the fans voted him as the number two guy after LeBron, the NBA is probably like, all right, well, at least get the fans something and let them see, 
let them see him draft. To be completely honest with you, they televised the draft, and there are way more fun people than KD. I wish they just took someone else and let them draft the team. KD, like, hates hates the media, is mad weird on TV and stuff. I would have rather put almost anyone else in there. Like, give me give me Giannis, give me anyone else in that spot. Jokic over, over KD being on TV drafting the team. But, like, I get why they did it. Yeah, for real. All right, uh, so second half of the NBA schedule came out. Um, I did want to get into a little bit of that, but before we did, I did want to touch on this play-in tournament in the NBA because I think this is fire. Uh, I didn't really do this for the podcast audience last time, so I'm going to do this real quick. I'm sure you know, but let me just clean this up for you. The play-in tournament will begin Tuesday, May 18th to conclude Friday, May 21st. The teams with the 7th highest and 8th highest remaining win percentage in each conference will each have two opportunities to win one game to earn a playoff spot. The teams with the ninth highest and 10th highest winning percentage in each conference will have to win two consecutive games to earn a playoff spot. Blah, 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 blah. The, here you go. So at the conclusion of the regular season, the team with the highest seventh highest winning percentage in each conference will host the eighth highest winnings percentage in each conference for the 7-8 game. The winner of the 7-8 game will have the 7th seed. The team in the 9-10th will host the 10th seed in the 9-10 game. So you're going to have the 7-8 game and the 9-10 game, right? So here's something I found interesting. If you're the 8th seed, you can get the 7th seed by just winning that game. Like, you can just change your seeding by just winning in that playing game. And obviously, if you're the seven, you need to win that game to maintain your seeding. Interesting. Never mind the fact that if you're 10, you can get into the playoffs, which I think is very intriguing and provides some March Madness feel. Haven't been able to talk about it with Dukes yet on the pod. Dukes doesn't like it. Two days later, Celtics are in the 9-10 seed. I'm like, bro, you're going to need the fucking playing game right now. Dukes is saying, bro, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think this is good. He's really? he's uh, knocking the playing game. He's saying he's saying it's I not heard good. People knock it really. I think it's one of the coolest things they've done in a long time. I think it's great. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna provide for obviously teams that would earlier in the season be out and also late down the season game. Uh, you know, high power games in terms of trying to compete. I think it's gonna be, make the NBA better than ever before. And we saw it kind of last year with the bubble, and I get it. Everyone kind of said, oh, that was the bubble, but I don't know, man. Like, we've been seeing a lot of great play this year, and I get, oh, maybe not fans not being there. I don't know. I think that's just the NBA and what they kind of got going on right right now, which is during the regular season, not a lot of defense, hella offense, hella scoring. Dude, I I think it's literally amazing. So, like, right now, let's look at the West. The 8 seed Denver Nuggets are 18 and 15. If we were just, if you could only make the eight seed, a lot of teams in the West are already out. But when you look at the ten seed Grizzlies, they're three games behind the Nuggets, and even the fourteen seed Rockets are only like three games behind them. So literally fourteen teams in the West, like the Rockets, probably aren't going to make the playoffs. They're on a ten game losing streak. Like I get it, but theoretically, almost every team in the West has a chance to make that play in. Besides the Timberwolves right now, who have been awful. So like. I think that's absolutely ideal for the NBA. You don't want it where two-thirds of the conference is in it, like 10 teams, and like five teams are just out after the first month of the season. If you can keep 14 teams in a conference, 15 teams in a conference competitive through like 75% of the season, that's a way better product. Like you're, You have these teams that are like 
say, for example, like I just said, in past years, like the Rockets might be throwing it out the window right now. They're on a 10-game losing streak, but I could see sitting there as the Rockets and being like, yo, we've been resting, guys. We have Oladipo. We have John Wall. We're four games back of the play-in tournament. The Rockets don't have their own pick this year. So, like, they have no reason to tank. Like, I, the Rockets can literally say, like, yo, let's just go for the play-in tournament, try and make some noise. Easier said than done. But usually the team in the 14 spot halfway through the season can't be like, yo, we got this. Let's go for the playoffs. It's usually just like, ah, rest the guys in tank mode. Like, they have a legitimate chance. I don't know if they're going to take advantage of that, but I think that's awesome. And as you said, the, the bubble last year, like, yeah, granted, it's not going to be a bubble every year, but, like, the Phoenix Suns on their win streak, they didn't make it, but it came down to, like, that last game and what other teams did. The Blazers, Grizzlies fighting for that last spot, played each other in that last game. Like, it was it was amazing last year. Like you said, it gives it a March Madness feel. It's my favorite thing they've done in a long time. I thought the changes they made to the All-Star game last year were cool, but I think this is a million times better. My favorite thing they've done in a while. Yeah, I agree. Uh, couldn't agree more. Looking forward to the play-in setup and just kind of looking at it now. Um, looking at the standings now based on the play-in setup and how it's going to be. Uh, really pumped for the second half of the NBA schedule, which did come out. And by the way, uh, the Rockets have the toughest remaining schedule, by the way. Good, good coming into your uh, take on that. Uh, do have the toughest remaining. Behind then the Timberwolves, the Magic, and then the Spurs and the Lakers. Cracking the top five in terms of toughest remaining schedules, looking at the second half that was released. Rich, not good for your Rockets take there. Not good for the Lakers there, which, by the way, LeBron James had an incredible game the other day, uh, the other night, and he led the game in, you know, I, let me see, let me get this actual stat because this is incredible. He led the game for his 49th time in his career. Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals to the team. The next closest is Kevin Garnett with 29. Uh, he hadn't been playing like that because they were on a big streak, uh, losing streak, but they did snap that streak with a win. Um, he's sliding a little bit in the MVP ladder, but he's still up there. Uh, but they do have the fifth toughest remaining schedule. Is that going to be impactful? We'll see. Dennis Schroeder's back. They do win the game. We'll see if they can kind of get a little bit back on track in terms of winning games. If they do, I think Chu might be right. If he's putting up games like that and they're winning games again, you can get back up to winning the MVP, but I don't think that's most important. I think it's just obviously championship and Lakers for that regard. Looking at the rest of those teams, though, Rich, the Spurs are a playoff team right now that we don't talk much about on here. The Spurs are also the only team above 500 without an all-star. Uh DeMar DeRozan legitimately deserved consideration. I would say, he, I not I would say, I believe DeMar DeRozan probably should have been in over Devin Booker even. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of crazy because they're up in there, but they have a tough remaining schedule. So of those teams that we see in there, the Magic are currently out of the playoff spot, but I think in the play-in, if I'm just going off of what I looked at, yep, um, you're right. I don't think the Rockets are going to make it. I don't think the Magic are going to make it. And I don't think the Spurs are going to make it. I think the Spurs are going to somehow fall out. They might be in the play-in, but I don't think they're going to be the top eight. Lakers, they will be, and I believe that covers all the rest. You got the Lakers, you got the Spurs being in top eight, even with the fourth toughest remaining. You got the Magic getting back up into the top eight with the third toughest remaining. Oh, that was the T-Wolves that I left out, which, by the way, they got the second toughest remaining. They're fucked, and I feel real sorry for the ant They don't, bro, they don't even have their pick. The Warriors have their pick this year from the Andrew Wiggins trade. People were saying the Warriors got fleeced in that trade, and, like, I get it. Andrew Wiggins' contract isn't great, but they gave up D'Lo, who's doing literally nothing. Like, he had a good run with the Nets, 
it would take a lot to convince me D'Angelo Russell contributes to winning. He's a great basketball player, but like I just don't see how he contributes to winning. I would not want him to be one of the star players on my team, even though he can be fun to watch and was with the Nets. But they gave up D'Lo, took back the Wiggins contract, and got the Timberwolves pick. The Warriors are going to have the first pick in the draft this year, maybe, from that trade. Like That is insane. The Timberwolves are just an absolute mess. And I'm glad the Timberwolves do not deserve a number, another number one pick. <laughs> Edwards, Towns, Wiggins, uh, there's a lot of other high-up ones they've had. They do not deserve another high-up pick. So that's a side tangent. The Timberwolves are terrible. They're my least favorite team in the league every single year. Um what were you saying here? Sorry, I got distracted. With Spurs, Spurs. Do you think Spurs, the Spurs are going to um, be in the top eight in the West? Yeah. Uh, that's so tough because everyone's so close right now. I'd say no to top eight just because I haven't looked at their schedule. But like you said, a top five strength of schedule, top five hardest strength of schedule. And they're already only like, what, one game outside of the eight spot right now. Yeah. Guiltily, I'd like to see the Spurs outside of the play-in tournament overall. And the reason is... Yeah, the same. Only, yeah, same. The only excitement. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but same. I'll be, ha- I'll be happy for DeMar DeRozan and popping them to get in. I won't be like, oh, fuck, the Spurs made it. The only thing is right now, the only exciting team out of the 10 teams in the West, and they're basically like tied with the Grizzlies for the 10 spot, out of it is the Pelicans at the 11 spot. And the only like unexciting team in there is the Spurs because we have like Grizzlies, Mavs, Nuggets, Warriors, Trailblazers, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz. Like We have like all the classic teams in there, and the only one – I'd say the Warriors and the Spurs are the two this year where people weren't sure of. But the Warriors, obviously, a more exciting team. So in my perfect world, I'd like to see the Spurs fall out and the Pelicans get in. I would imagine the Spurs at least stay in the play-in. And if I had to pick, I'd probably say that it's either the Grizzlies or the Pelicans probably who don't make it. But I don't know. Yeah, I, interesting, though, because speaking of the Pelicans, Zion Williamson's been on a tear. Uh, he scored 54 points in the restricted area in his past two games prior to his last game. That is tied with Shaq for his second most in a two-game span over the past 25 seasons. The only player with more, Gerald Green with 56 in 2006. Zion's been incredible in the paint. He's been absolutely incredible beast mode in the paint. And you're right, he is must-watch when it comes to NBA games being on. For him to not be in the play-in setup would be an absolute travesty. The Pelicans being that low in the standings with Brandon Ingram and some of these guys are bringing in Gundy and Lonzo Ball, which, by the way, he's shooting like 47% from three and 43 from the field goal. I mean, he's incredible, dude. He fixed his shot a ton, and I know his brother is a stud in this league already, but, like, Lonzo Ball has slept on. The Pelicans being that low is is tough for me, and I really hope they come back up. Uh, They got to make some moves. I mean, like, Ingram's great. Zion's great. Lonzo's really good. I love Josh Hart, too. Bledsoe and Steven Adams make no sense on that team. They are the complete opposite of the kind of players you need filling those roles. Steven Adams literally just clogs up. And it's not his fault. I love Steven Adams. It just makes no sense. He literally just clogs up the paint for Zion. And you'll watch it when you try and see it. He'll go to get out of the paint for Zion to, like, give him room. And this guy just doesn't guard him because it's Steven Adams standing at the top of the key from three. So the defender's like, I'm just going to stay in the paint still. So, like, it's, it's just a terrible fit alongside Zion. You can't just only play Steven Adams 12 minutes a game because he's so much better at that. And then Bledsoe is literally just, at this point, like, a shittier Lonzo Ball. Like, he's literally just a shittier version of Lonzo Ball. And you want a, you want someone who's a, a shooter filling that role as your backup point guard if Lonzo's the main guy. Lonzo's been a lot better shooter, but with, like, Zion, Ingram, Lonzo out there, you need some spot-up shooters. Like, if J.J. Reddick was playing a little better, that'd be good. But 
I would be looking to trade Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And I think if they've got even one good piece for those two guys, like they're a way better team. Those two, those guys just don't fit their team. Yeah, for real. All right. Let me just clean up a couple of things across the NBA. And then, uh, I want to get into the nets real quick. Uh, my guy, Lou Dort is, is real. He's got a uh, game winner. Uh, he had 13 points, five of eight field goals, three of five from three the other night in the first half. Dude, he's their second best player. Lou Dort is their second best player on the OKC Thunder behind Shy Giltrich Alexander, who's a stud, and they can build around him. Lou Dort is the second best player on the team. And if it wasn't Lou Dort, then maybe we'd be potentially in a planning spot. But Lou Dort is good. We should have him a lot, but he's good. Uh, I would absolutely <clears throat> still say Al Horford is a much better player than Lou Dort, but I would say he's the nope. second best piece moving forward. Yeah, no, I'll take Lou Dort over Al Horford. The Celtics yeah, are five yeah, and two. Been really good too, but I think Dort's better. True. Uh, the Celtics are five and two when Kemba Walker scores twenty plus points this season. Two and eight when he doesn't. Had a season high, I think it was thirty one or two the other day when Dukes was over. Uh, Celtics. Only going to be good if Kemba is good. You think the Celtics can turn it around a little bit when I also saw an interesting story that, quote, from an anonymous player on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum and Brown can't be superstars. The only two things they can do is help their game. They don't get anyone else easy shots. All they know how to do is score. Um, I love when anonymous players come out and say things about other NBA players like, was that a teammate of theirs? Was that some random dude in another team that hates Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Like, not really reading too much into that, but the Kemba being 20-plus and winning games I'm reading into, do you think the Celtics can turn it around if Kemba can turn it around and get back into the Eastern Conference? First off, I know everyone always talks about Jason Tatum's age. Like, it was always a troll on Twitter. Like, oh, my God, he's so young. Like, Celtics fans would always do that. But, like, he's literally 22 years old. Like, most star players were not, like, carrying their whole team facilitating-wise and also scoring-wise as a 22-year-old that aren't point guards. That's just not really a thing. Like, I'm sure it'll come. And Jalen Brown took a huge step forward this year, but a facilitator isn't who he is. That's why they have Kemba Walker, and that's also what – Marcus Smart's probably their best passer over over Kemba Walker. Like, those are the two guys they need. Kemba Walker's been inconsistent. Marcus Smart's been hurt. Like, I'm not surprised. Like, if you had told me, like, oh, yeah, take away Marcus Smart and uh, Kemba Walker from the Celtics roster, how's their ball movement and playmaking? I'd be like, well, pretty bad. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are, like, ISO, like, tough shot makers, and they make tough shots very well, but, like – like you said, that or like the anonymous person said, like that doesn't help the team. You watch them sometimes, and like they're like they're like Luca's shots sometimes without Luca's like facilitating ability, kind of at this point. So like Luca takes these shots sometimes, where I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like you are a good shooter, but you are not Steph Curry out there, and that's kind of like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown too. But it's also your best shots because they're your best players. So like I'm, I hate to give the same answer every time we talk about the Celtics, but to me, it's more about getting Kemba full health, getting Marcus Smart back. Yeah, and you know, you know, they could also use this scary Terry Rozier, which, by the way, they're only three players averaging twenty plus points and three plus threes on sixty plus field goal percent this season. Uh, the other two are all stars: Paul George and Zach Levine. The other one is Terry Rozier. Bro, he's a great defender. He is the type of guy that they're missing out there in the backcourt to back up a guy like Kemba Walker when Marcus Smart goes down. 
Uh, the Hornets are legit. They play Robert Williams more. He's been incredible. If they play, like, Thompson, Tice, and Robert Williams all, like, 26 to 20, like, 19 minutes, depending on the game. And Robert Williams has been the best one. He's so much more active than them. This isn't really a real basketball thing, but in terms of, like, fantasy and DraftKings over the last month, he's, like, fifth in the league in points per minute. So, like, when he's out there, he's just getting rebounds, boards, blocks, points. Like, the dude's just an active player, more active than Tristan Thompson is. I think he should be out there getting more minutes than those two guys, and like, you know, at least give it a try. He's your youngest guy out there. He looks, they look, to me at least. I don't watch all their games, but they look better when he's out there than the other two. Yeah, agreed. Um, I was with watching with Duke, and he was saying the same thing. Like, yo, Robert Williams needs to be playing more. Like, he's a beast, and I couldn't yeah. agree more on that. Um, all right, just a couple more things before we get into a little bit of a Nets debate here, which we wouldn't have. Uh, sending off for the winter season pod without a Nets debate, me and Rich. Uh, good night for me and a good week for me, really. Uh, the Grizzlies beat the Clippers by 28 points the other night. The Wizards are 6-1 and one in their last seven games, which, by the way, um, they're beating some good teams, man. They beat, during that stretch, the Celtics, Rockets, Nuggers, Blazers, and Lakers. Beal's averaging 33 during that stretch. Russ is averaging 20, 12, and 12 during that stretch, which, by the way, he's now, I think I saw he's got 10-plus triple-doubles in six seasons. He's recorded his ninth triple-double of the season in a win during the week. I think he got his 10th the other night, tying him for Daryl Walker for the most in a season in Wizards franchise history. But, of course, they're going to shit on the man. Everybody is. Um, I think he's healthier now. I think he's playing smarter. He's not shooting as much. Things I ca- kind of talked about with him. I think the Wizards, 100% in the plan, if not cracking back up into the 8 spot. Really interesting to see all the jam log that's in both sides of the conference. And I think uh, I wanted to ask you before we get into this too, because Duke said this the other day. Um, and I really had me thinking about this. Uh, would you ever consider seeding the NBA playoffs all 16 like teams based on record. I think we've talked about this on my podcast before, but Duke said this and it had me thinking because I was giving him that stat the other night. Um, I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a proponent of that because then if you did that right now, you would only have three teams in the East in the playoffs. Um, not a proponent. No, yes. Really? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, not a proponent of that at all. Um, but that's kind of Rich's, or I'm sorry, Duke's whole argument is how much stronger the West is in terms of record. Um, I just told you that in terms of the crazy stat going into the pot. It's crazy, Rich. But if anything, if you want to go and reseed it 16 to 16 to 0, 8 and 8, that's fine with me. Um, it'd be a little bit different, but obviously it would then be a little bit more favored towards the West, at least in this situation. But I definitely don't agree with allowing the best 16 teams into the playoffs. Uh, the whole West and East for me is, is... Maybe a traditionalist thing, but I, I'm yeah. about it. I'm about it. I think a few years ago, I kind of wanted them to do it. And this, and I guess this is the reason they shouldn't, because people's opinions are going to change depending on the year and how the conferences line up. Like right now, I don't totally think there's a need. Even though the West is better, you look at the teams out of the playoffs on each side, and it's like the teams not making the playoffs, not making the play-in in the West are going to be like, like we said, like one of those good teams, so say the Pelicans maybe. But then after that, it's like Thunder Kings, Rockets, and Timberwolves. Like, no part of me feels more of those teams need to get in to get teams out of the East. Like, 
Hornets, Hawks, Wizards, who are going to be those teams with the same record. So at the end of the day, it'd be like, oh, let's get this team from the West in that's a half game better, but like <laughs> just as shitty. Of, like, I don't know. I don't think it like I think if you're in a year where like literally 14 teams in the West are better than like a bunch of teams in the East, then it's like, all right, maybe we got to do something. But right now it's only a marginal, marginal difference of what it would change. I think it's what you were saying is the top eight teams in the West would be better than like all but three teams in the East. A bunch of teams in the East would still make the play in because it's out of 16 if they or make the tournament because it it's out of 16. But yeah, like the four seed Raptors in this scenario would be like a, in the East right now, it'd be like a 12 seed or whatever. In yeah. This yeah. Or yeah. Like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to, like, I'm not taking a hard stance on it. Cause I know I actually did want them to a few years ago. I'm glad they didn't. Cause I don't think it's totally necessary, but I, I see both sides of that one. And I, th- I agree with you. I think the main point is like the traditionalist thing. Like it helps, it helps some rivalries grow like that. Like it's kind of fun to see like, the Sixers and Celtics meet in the playoffs, like the Rockets and the Warriors meet in the playoffs. And that stuff just happens more. Like to me, a really unexciting thing would be like a Jazz Hawks first round series. And it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, speaking of rivalries, the NBA is talking about keeping that two game uh, back to back series thing going where you're playing the yeah. same team back to back. You in favor of that? I am. Yeah, I, I wasn't in as much favor of it to begin with. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't see why the NBA would get rid of it. It just makes sense. Less travel for teams, like not stops against team ones instead of having them like go back home, then have them fly to you. And also, it, it does add some excitement. I think we've seen, like I, I don't know, like I said, like I pay a lot of attention to the DraftKings stuff, so I've seen a lot of this stuff. Like team scoring numbers and statistical numbers have been traditionally like going down in the second game of the back to back, so it starts to become kind of like a playoff series. It's not like oh, we'll see this team next month. It's like we saw them yesterday and we lost. This is how they beat us. We need to do this today. And it's like teams adapting to them like you do in a playoff game. So that's a different element to the regular season that like baseball has and stuff like that. So I, I think it's kind of cool. I wouldn't want every game to be a back-to-back, but I like how they are sprinkled in there. Yep, true. Agreed. Uh, and then just real quick, the NBA updated MVP ladder. Joel Embiid 1, LeBron James 2, Jokic 3, Steph Curry 4, Damian Lillard 5, Kawhi 6, Luka 7, Giannis 8, Donovan Mitchell 9, James Harden 10, Rich you got any changes with that updated ladder of MVP? Also saw that Daryl Morey had a tweet in terms of Wab Perez was like, oh, the LeBron Embiid MVP conversation is getting real close, or debate is getting real close, and Daryl Morey responded, debate, question mark? <laughs> and got like 10,000 10, likes. Daryl Morey's funny on Twitter. I follow him. I didn't see that. I like Daryl Morey. He's always supporting his guys. He's always been a big Joel Embiid, clearly number one right now, even with a loss last yep. night to the Cavaliers. Um, clearly number one, I think. You said they had Embiid, Braun, Jokic, Steph, Kawhi. Steph Lillard, Kawhi. Steph Lillard, Kawhi. Okay, so I had our last one, Embiid, Braun, Lillard, Jokic, Harden. Um, I'm surprised they have Harden as low as 10. Like, I'm just, at the end of the day, no one from the to get the MVP and that's not me talking biasly it's literally being like they're asking James Harden to go out there multiple nights this year with a G League team and Kyrie and KD not out there saying like hey bro can you get us a win like yeah they lost last night to the Mavs but to me I think Harden's creeping his way up there because they're asking him to do so much and like I get that beginning of the season hurts him a little because he wasn't a valuable player to his team on the Rockets but I think he's doing enough with the Nets to be higher than the 10 spot but not that I think he's going to get it 
Uh, true. He probably should be a little higher than 10. I think Luca deserves to be a little bit higher, creeping back up. Mavs. He was at seven right now. Mavs okay. winners of six of seven. They just beat the Sixers. Um, playing up much better is Luca. Right behind Luca. Okay. And right, our, the, only, the only person I had in mind that we did last week that they didn't. Donovan play. Mitchell they had up in there. I think he was yeah. at nine. Donovan Mitchell was at nine. Or I think I get, Donovan I, Mitchell might have been eight, and Giannis might have been nine. They're the best team in the league. I had Chris Paul in there for mine last week at the nine spot instead of all the other guys like same other nine in there except for Donovan Mitchell. But actually, I kind of agree with that. I mean. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. It's a it's a little split between who's the best. I'd go Chris Paul, and I'll give Devin Donovan Mitchell at least a nod over Chris Paul in the sense that he's on the best team in the league and their number one scoring option. So I think that's fair. Um. All right. Real quick, I want to do the Knicks and then a couple things on the way out. Uh. Or I'm sorry, not the Knicks, the Nets. Uh. All right. So, KD's obviously been out. They were on an eight game win streak. Got snapped last night by. Who were they playing last night? The Ma- Did they lose to the Mavs? Yeah, they lost to the Mavs last night. So I think that's, yeah, Luka, I think, is rising a little bit, in my opinion, the, in the MVP. The box score on that game, by the way, on the net side, disgusting. I saw. I didn't get to watch the game. I saw Durant and Kyrie weren't playing, so I went and looked at the box score. Why was Kyrie out? What is Why is he, what is he out for? I think they're just like, they know that he's been injury riddled in the past. Just so dumb, and I think this out. is the whole thing going on with KD right now. You're on a five, six game win streak. It's like, all right, bro, like let's just keep you out for a little that's, bit, rest it up. Been, that's always been my thing with Harden. Not people good with continuity, on, though. Shit on, him, shit on Harden all you want, but he's going to be out there every single game is make one of the best players. For sure, not good with continuity, though. And I did see this stat in Harden, which was crazy, because according to a lot of sports, James Harden is the only player in NBA history to produce 1,000 points scored or assisted on in his first 20 games with a team. I think they've only played them big three seven games together. Um, Now KD being out, uh, at least until after the All-Star break, obviously they had a win streak going, and I think that had to contribute to it. But now Kyrie, maintenance, whatever, James Harden, he'll be out there. But how many games are these guys going to get in? How is it going to be come playoff time where I think you're going to see more defense in the NBA? You're not seeing a lot of defense right now in the NBA come regular season that you're accustomed to seeing come playoff time. I do think that's going to matter with what we've seen a little bit here with the Nets. And also, all these things, and I had to double check to make sure this was real, but I saw that the Nets were waving Noah Vonley, Iman Shumpert, and Andre Roberson. So it's like they yeah. go, they went and picked these guys up, and they, they waved all of them. Too. So I'm like, what are they doing? I Then I saw they re-signed Roberson, I thought. I don't know if that was a mistake after that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But that's anytime you bring a guy in on a 10-day contract, it's kind of you're basically just saying, like, we'll see how you look in practice. Maybe you'll get a few minutes in the game. I'm guessing they didn't look good in practice. I mean, those guys had been out of the NBA. Shumpert's been out of the NBA for a while. Roberson, I mean, Roberson's a tough guy, I feel like, to even look good in practice. Like, he's only out there to lock someone up. I, I'm sure Roberson was just freaking threes off the side of the backboard like he always does in practice so like i don't i don't know they'll, they'll have to figure something out like again it's it's hate to keep saying the same thing here's my no here's my main two questions for you because there's been a lot of this from nets talk obviously eight game win streak obviously Harden playing fantastic yeah. even my man Stephen a saying this is james Harden the best player in the nba right now and are you buying the fact that the nets are a lock to come out of the east and represent the east Come playoff time. 
Two questions. No, neither of those things. I would say if you told me, not that this is what you want, at the end of the day, what you want is to win. If you told me I need to make it through a regular season and get a lot of wins and I need my star player to like stay healthy and be there every night for me, James Harden would be the first player I'd pick over LeBron, over Embiid, over anyone else. But like he's not the best player in the league. If I had to win a playoff game right now, there's he's up there. He's like top six, but like I wouldn't take him over LeBron. I wouldn't take him over a healthy Kevin Durant. I think there's an argument to take like Jokic or Embiid over him right now. I think I'd still take the guard over those guys in the playoffs, but like not over LeBron or Durant to me. So this is my whole thing. Stephen A. is credible, man. He's basically saying this shit. Dude, Kevin Durant, and you just said it. Like I argue that he's not even the best player on his fucking team. James Harden. He's not, but it's always the recency bias. Like, I get why he, I think he at least deserves to be hyped up for being the one there every night. Like, that's what I said. And, like, he's leading you to wins. Even, like, yeah, they lost to the Mavs. But, like, the rest of that roster last night, he had, I think, like, 29 points, close to a triple-double, like, pretty good shooting numbers. Jeff Green had 12, and then, like, a few people had six. Like, a bunch of people had six on the team. I'm, I was, I didn't get to watch the game, so I don't know what it looked like. But I was literally looking at the box score, like, Damn, you're doing like people said he didn't have help in like early Houston years before Dwight Howard when they had some questionable teams or a little after Dwight Howard before Chris Paul too. This is, I mean, obviously he has helped Kyrie and Kevin Durant are there, but when those dudes sit out a game, like this is one of the least talented rosters out there. Yeah, agreed. You got them. I think that's like the hottest thing I see is they'll be. They lose a game, get blown out, and everyone's kind of questioning them, but then they'll go on win streaks like that, and everyone's like, yeah, there's no way this team's not coming out of the East. KD's been out during this stretch. Um, I can't can't say no way, though, because when you – like, I think – and we've gone back and forth, and, like, we talk so much on here that there are going to be changed opinions, like, as we're learning new things. Like, I guess to me right now, if I had to pick someone who's, like, the favorite, I guess I'd lean them just because, like you said, defense important in the playoffs, but, like, you still got to have three good enough defenders to stop three of the best scorers in the league, and I don't know of a team that has that, honestly. I'll like, take the Sixers. I think yeah, the Sixers, Sixers are better. Sixers are a good defensive team. Ben Simmons can only guard one person. Joel Embiid is a If they get Kyle Lowry, forget it. It's over. The Sixers are heading to the finals. I mean, the thing with the Sixers that scares me is the same thing with the Bucks. I don't really care how good they look in the regular season. At the end of the day, it comes down to, like, is Ben Simmons irrelevant in the playoffs? Do teams literally just ignore that he's there and he just sits in the corner and runs baseline the entire game? Because if so, the Sixers are not coming out of the East. Like, I'm with you. I, I can't pick the Nets to come out of the East because the Sixers are a tough matchup for him with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Like, those are guys they, they can't guard. They literally can't guard them. But at the same time, even though the Sixers are a great defensive team, I don't think they could guard the Nets. And I'll take the team with players who I trust individually more. Like, Joel Embiid's going to be great, but give me Joel Embiid or, sorry, give me those Nets three superstars over any other trio or starting lineup in the league at this point. So I think the Nets are the favorite. I 100% cannot call them a lot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I had them losing after the first round. I, I, they might get by the, by the second round, but I don't know. I really don't know. I'd, I'd say at this point. It'll be interesting to see what's point, good. I said they were probably losing in the second round at first. At this point, I would backtrack on that and say it would be a disappointment for this team to lose in the second round. For sure. It would absolutely be a disappointment, but I still we wouldn't. I de- I still wouldn't see it happen. Their defense was that we like kind of expected that, and I at least I was almost saying like, dude, it, to me, it's not till next year they don't have the pieces this year. But like seeing how well they kind of put it together in the few games they played together, it it would be a disappointment with those those three guys to uh, lose in the second round. You got to at least get to the conference finals and lose in the competitive series to have it be like, all right, we're looking good. Yeah, I'd agree.
Um, not sure if they will, though. When you go and look at the uh, rest of sports right now, it's pretty much just bullshit drama, NFL rumors in the NFL um, with off-season activities, um, which I don't really want to take too much of your time on. It's college hoops. I don't know if you're talking or following too much of that right now, but that's cranking up. Um, then, obviously, for the baseball phenoms, they're uh, getting real hyped up. Chew. Um, other than that, dude, NBA has been hype. And I just wanted to just say real quick, Obi Toppin's going to be in the dunk contest. Watch out. I think he's going to win it. If you I get Zion in the dunk contest. Yeah, if you get Zion in the dunk contest, too, that'd be fire. Zion versus Obi in the dunk contest. Uh, I like Obi in this dunk contest, though. And if LaMelo does the skills challenge, forget it. He's going to do it behind the back into the tire and win the whole thing. I thought they weren't doing the skills challenge. They brought it back? Yeah, they're doing all of it. Uh, I thought initially. I haven't, I haven't kept up on much of the all-star stuff. Damn, um, brother. I don't think Obi Toppin wins the dunk contest. And the only Come reason on. is all the dunks I see him do, and like how many dunks you do in a dunk contest are different. He's like an Amari Stoudemire dunker. Like he's like. No one's touching the ball because it's so high up there. But his dunks are very similar in the sense that it's like this, like coming right at the hoop like this. Like I don't, I, it, maybe it's just because I haven't seen it and I'm just not, and I haven't seen him do it. But like I can't picture him doing those like Derek Jones Jr. Zach Levine type dunks. Bro, like that, he's so. about to get up, dude. Don't you worry <laughs> about it. Obi Toppin's yep. gonna win the dunk contest, no doubt about it. All right, all right. Um, you said something else there that I was gonna respond to, but now I completely forget. Uh, LaMelo Ball winning the skills. Nah, something else, but I don't know. All good. Um, Russell Wilson bullshit trade rumors. Oh, no, you said the NCAA. <laughs> the one thing I am excited about is book night for UConn is like heavily expected to declare for the NBA draft this year. And between, he's expected to be like somewhere between like a maybe like 10 pick, maybe at highest to like a 20 pick. And the Knicks should have two picks. Their picks and the Mavs pick <laughs> will probably fall in that 10 to 20 range at some point, That wherever theirs and the Mavs are. Like, neither of them are probably going to get to top 10 teams. Neither of them is going to be a bottom 10 team. So the pro- Knicks are going to have two picks in that 10 to 20 range. Should be pretty cool. To- I'd be pumped to see the Knicks trap book night. Oh, my God. If you- the Knicks got book night, Dukes would be so mad. You should <laughs> be so hyped because I think UConn is going to make an upset for sure in this tournament. They're looking like a 10 seed. Um, Book Knight's a top 15 player in this tournament, uh, easily. And him back healthy. Dude, Dan Hurley's got a squad out there. And they got they got banged up with COVID and Book Knight being out. Uh, watch out. All they got to do is make this tournament. They'll win a couple games. Don't you worry about it. And yep. I think Woman's Hoops is a lock to win the whole damn thing. Paige Beckers is incredible. Um, she's... She's to me the type of the girl you see hooping with dudes, and you're, the people watching are like, "Oh, damn, bro, these dudes are taking it easy." Nah, they're not taking it easy. She's just that good, and uh, yeah, she's nasty. I don't see any other team winning, and I watch a little bit of women's hoops here and there, but I, I don't see any, South Carolina's good. There's a couple other teams up there. Stanford always, all the same teams are always there. In women's hoops. Yo, UConn, yep. it, it, Paige Beckers is the real deal. I used to watch a lot of UConn, obviously men, still watch it sometimes, but like a lot of UConn men, men and women with my dad growing up, but that was more in the uh, like 04 to like 08 type years, but that was when they literally couldn't lose a game through like, I think that was maybe like, well, that was the Diana Taurasi era, maybe the start of the Maya Moore one, or maybe that was a little before it, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched UConn women in 
quite some time. The last game I remember watching of the UConn women was when they lost on that buzzer beater to the Tiny Girl in the national championship. Was that like Florida State or I forgot who they were playing? Like uh, real, it was. Uh, I remember I was in Blackrock, so it had to be a uh, 2017, three years ago in the national championship. I think they had the undefeated season, were expected to win. They it was either South Carolina or something, something like that. But I don't know. Anyways, I haven't watched much UConn's girls basketball in a while. But yeah. I'll maybe give a maybe give a watch or two. Usually, like I'll watch like a Final Four championship game for them. That'll be they'll be there. They'll be there. Don't you worry about yeah. it. Uh, men's bracket will be a little tougher though. Interesting to check out what's going on in men's hoops for sure. Um, definitely pumped for selection Sunday, March 14th, March Madness in general, which we didn't have last year. And I think some people forget about that and take that for granted. Pumped to have that back real pumped to have that back. March Madness will be fire. Um, good time to be a hoops fan, man. NBA is cranking up. I know they're going to be on a little bit of a break here, uh, but definitely got a few more games to get in. Obviously, the All-Star game, and then they'll get back into a really fire second-half schedule um, that was announced. So looking forward to catching up with you next time we can. All-Star break's always brutal. It's like the first night, I'm like, oh, shit, there's no NBA games tonight, and then it's like six nights of that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's only going to be two nights on, All-Star game, two nights off. Okay. Back to games. I think it's just okay. a week, so it's not as bad. But yeah, it's not great. <laughs> That'll be my time to, I guess, catch up on some college basketball, catch some more UConn's games. Yep, yep, for sure. Because that's when it's really going to start cranking up. Last four in, last four out, always changing seating, and they got it all by regions right now. They haven't even named the regions because it's a single site, so it's a little bit tricky. Uh, a little bit tricky. <laughs> regions are just going to be like the names of the different hotels yeah, basically pretty much that's looking like the way it's going to get set up uh kind of wild uh, there's there's going to be i mean i'm just thinking about this i'm sure it's been talked about i don't watch much about college but there's going to be some some mess with that there's no way one team doesn't have like a contact tracing thing and then then with that it's not like it's like seven game series where it's like oh it'll even out it's like nah if they're off for four days like the whole tournament's on hold because they can't keep playing the games so th- there will be some i i couldn't <laughs> get through it but i'm sure there'll be like a hiccup or two yeah uh, I don't understand why they're allowing fans into their bubble, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, I hope they do, man. I, I hope they do. I don't want to see like the best team like Michigan, who, which by the way, over the weekend, uh, it was the first day ever that Michigan and Michigan State each defeated an AP top 10 team. Michigan back on the map. Michigan State trying to... It'd be crazy to see a team that was in the tournament get swiped out by the, the Rona for a second and contract tracing, whatever you want to call it. And next thing you know, they're bounced from a tournament. Like what's the point of having the tournament? Uh, Oh, we were trying to have it. Do that is the thing. I think once they're, they have to keep them in and they basically have to wait, like maybe if the tournament had it started yet and it happened, they'd be like, uh, sorry guys. But like once they play one game and are in, they can't be like, sorry, you're out now. It's like, nah, that's the brackets going through them. Like we have to pause. I don't think they could like kick a team out once they've won a game. That, and that would throw off the entire thing. People would be pissed about that. That'd be like asterisk shit all over. Like, yeah, dude, but what are you, what are they going to do? Just be like, Oh, we're, we're, Oh, we'll be back in a week. Time out. Pause. Time out. We'll be back. No, no. You can't just knock a team out, like especially like a top three seed in college where anything can happen. You can't just be like, "Sorry, guys." Like, uh, I don't know. I I guess you could, but I don't. I don't think they would. Yeah. Uh. 
It'll be interesting to follow that tournament for sure. Hopefully, yeah. you, you don't bracket your bracket doesn't get busted by the Rona. Um, uh, I'm so bad at brackets. I mean, I, just, I don't know why I'd expect to be good. It's not like I watch a bunch of college basketball, but just I'm so bad every year. I'll be able to give you a little bit of info, but I'll probably slide it a little bit towards the wrong way so I can win if we're in the same bracket. Pussy. I, I won't even listen because I think Lisa's won our college bracket two out of the last five years. I saw that. Yeah, I saw game, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not happy when I'm losing to your girlfriend in fucking bracket challenge. I think Lisa's picked like Gonzaga to win every single year, and it's just yeah. Be year. hey, but be a good pick this year for her. Tell her they're the yeah. only remaining undefeated team in the league. I'm sure she'll slate it in there. Yep. Uh, were you on the sticks yesterday or no? Playing FIFA. Yeah, I played one one game with Chewy earlier, and then I just left my PlayStation on for math long, so it was probably just sitting there, but I think I played, like, one game of FIFA earlier in the day. Oh, you are playing FIFA? I played one game, yeah. Chew, Chew's thirsting for a PS5. I haven't looked for one. I guess I should look. I'll get one, but... Yeah, you... Be- Dude, come on. We need to be playing some NBA here. Boosh hasn't been hitting me up. You used to hit me up, like, yo, there's a release here. Yo, get one here. I haven't really talked to him. I'm gonna hit up Boosh and be like, yo, what's going on? Rich is getting mad. Chewy's getting mad. Chew really wants to play some MLB, but he's like, yo, help me find one. I'm like, yo, I'm not helping you find one to play MLB. <laughs> yeah, if you find one, it's going to be probably yours, right? Oh, man. It's a struggle to get one of those things. kind of sucks. No, I don't. Chew, Chew, Chew's looking for one. I told him I could hit Boosh up and see if Boosh knew about any releases. I think the MLB comes out like around Chew's birthday, so he wants one by then. I will say, though, I saw this thing which I had for my reads, which I'm not even going to get through, but uh, no replacements once the NCAA tournament begins. So once they get there, there's no other teams that didn't make it that are allowed to come. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I didn't know that, but, yeah, I didn't think they could. uh, How would that even work? Like, imagine, like. Imagine, like, UConn wins their first round and then has issues, and then they're like, oh, shit, like, let's just bring in Creighton in the second round to replace them. Like, what? What? Creighton didn't even win a game. Now they're just in the second round? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still problems with this, bro. Everyone's trying to act like everything's straight, and then, like, everything's cool. Like, you know, Spicy P shut down for the final three games and through the All-Star break, through the protocol. The Raptors game was and just the Raptors, today, Yeah, all. the Raptors game was canceled today because Nurse and six Raptors assistants were out the game before. Kyle Lowry yep. had a triple-double, but, like, damn. Uh, I don't know, man. It's Everyone tries to act like we're in the clear with this thing, and it's like, uh, all right, I guess here's my final question then before I let you go because I had it up on my post today. I think yep. it's the biggest question of all time. All time. Damn. All right. Let's hear it. When the pandemic is slighted as over, which, by the way, you can go read right now that it's over. You're going to wear a mask or are you going to not wear a mask? How much longer are you going to be wearing your mask? The great question of the day. I guess it depends where I am. Like, I don't have an exact answer to that. Like, at the grocery store, honestly, I don't see any reason why I, like, wouldn't wear one going forward. I have no problem with it. Fucking going to the nasty-ass grocery store or whatever, sure. Um, Like, right now, when I go on, like... So, like, I'm not in... You came to my place in Stanford. Like, I'm in Stanford, which is a city. I'm not in, like, downtown Stanford where there's, like, people everywhere. But if I go on a run, I don't wear a mask. But it's also to the point where, like, I'm not going right by anyone. If I see someone coming down the sidewalk, I can get, like, way over, like, towards the road enough to not be near. I'm just like, if I go on a run, I don't wear one. Uh, If I go to, like, a 
restaurant, obviously, I haven't gone to many restaurants. Like, you take it off once you're in there. But, yeah. like, I feel like most public places are, like, highly trafficked places. I would just – I have no problem just throwing one on. I guess I guess the real question comes down to – because I feel like it's easy it, – it's easier um, when you're just doing, like, casual stuff or walking around. But if you're somewhere, like, really hot or, like, outside for a long period of time around a group of people, that's where it's like, oh, this thing kind of fucking sucks right now. Like, I don't know, just going to the grocery store or something. Like, I have, I have no problem wearing one. I'll probably just keep wearing it. It was, it was more my question is that, like, when and more, and then the flex on the other side, or when it, when are you going to be that guy that goes to the joint uh, without a mask? Where I just, you know, you're just going to see, I think, right? You go anywhere right now. It just says, like, still face mask required, right? Like, the sign on the door, like, yeah, like when are they? Anytime. When are those gonna be coming they, down? They not anytime. They are still required, right? Yeah, they're they not gonna be exactly. Sure. Yeah, they're not gonna be taking those down anytime soon. But yeah. with some people, like I've seen people inside places without a mask on. Like a couple of people, oh, they were sure. they were like older. So I'm like, yep, so I'm like, oh, they probably got their vaccine. Whatever, they don't care. But I've seen a couple of dudes our age that are like in a joint that are like, yeah. yo, I don't give a fuck. Like I ain't wearing a mask. So like. When are you going to be doing that, I'm asking you, if ever? Like, are you ever going to do that again? All right, I'm not a piece of shit. I'm never going to not wear it when the place is like, yo, can you wear one? I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'll put it on. Like, not a big deal at all. Like, fine, I'll put it on. If it's, like, completely over and, like, health officials are saying, like, or, like, I don't know, 99.9% over and health officials are like, yeah, you don't need to wear a mask, like, I'll probably stop wearing it, like, 90% of the time. But if I go to, like... I literally don't see any reason why I wouldn't wear it at a supermarket going forward. doesn't bother me. I'm not like, oh, get this thing off of me. Like, people don't know who you are. Fine with it. Like, honestly, I have no problem wearing a mask at the at the grocery store or something like that. Yeah, I'll, no, I, I agree. I don't know if I'll ever not do that again. But I in agree. in terms of, like, other places, like, I don't know, probably a little bit after they stop asking for it. Like, even places that are like, you don't have to, I might wear it for, I don't know. It's so, it's so hard to even know. I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's crazy, bro. It's like a, it's a valid question for real. And, uh, I'd agree. And then like, this is like the thing for me. Cause I've been out to eat a couple of times now the past week or whatever it is. Like I was with my aunt, my uncle a couple of times. Like you go into the joint and you wear the mask obviously. Cause you have to, but then like you sit down at the joint and you're not like, I wear my mask like in between, like I'm drinking and shit. And like my, oh, uncle, yeah. my aunt and uncle are like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm fucking masking up. But, like, that's, like, weird as shit. Like, in between I'm getting my food and my drink, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Because everyone else just gets to their spot and takes their fucking mask off, right? So, my yeah. whole thing is, like, if you're allowed to do that, why the fuck are the, am I required to wear the shit until I get to my spot? It's all the same thing anyways, right? I'm inside well, no. a closed place. Say, and if the dude in there actually yeah. has the virus, and it could go everywhere, or it could potentially go everywhere... And anybody with a mask down could be exposed to it. So I'm just like, bro, I used to think like that, like, oh, shit. Like, bro, that's the thing. It's To me, it's like a fucking crapshoot, bro. You're going to get it from somebody that, like, has it and is directly, like, in contact with you. Like, if even if someone is in the same public place with me that has it, I'm not necessarily going to get it. Even if I'm not wearing a mask is kind of what I've gotten to. I mean, I... I don't know. I've stopped watching stuff, listening to stuff about it. I'm aware it's a thing. I'm not going to like go around being an idiot, but my basic thing is like, I know they say six feet. I know you can get it more than six feet apart, but that's like the, the barometer they use of like, if you're masked up six feet apart, you're probably good. Like, 
I'd be pissed if people weren't wearing it walking right by my table, like when they're getting seated at a restaurant. So I get why you have to wear it getting seated at a restaurant. You don't want people like talking, talking to the person behind them, everything like that, walking right by our table while you're eating and stuff with all this going on. But like, yeah, you, once you're at the table, tables, at least at restaurants, are supposed to be distanced by like six feet apart. People aren't like, they're talking in each other's general direction. So the most part, it's like, who's at your table, I'm sure. Like, yeah, you definitely get it from them. But like, I don't know. I was out to eat last night for uh, Lisa's, oh, you, you know, our Lisa's uh, old roommate, Lauren. She got engaged. Like, we saw her for like the first time in a while last night and um went to a restaurant like i wasn't wearing one sitting at the table but like when i like went to the bathroom or when you leave or go out the restaurant i was wearing one so like i don't know i'm at the point where like i'm not really thinking about it like worried about it i'm still doing the things i'm supposed to be doing like get home from somewhere like wash my hands wear a mask when i'm around people and stuff like that but like when i don't have it on sitting at a restaurant like going for a run or anything i'm just kind of like yeah, yeah brother it's what it, it is what it is at this point <laughs> I, yeah i dude i i couldn't agree more but i just don't understand you just explained my exact thing like you go out to a restaurant right where, or, or wherever you went and there's a b- bunch of shit going on and it's like you only wear your mask to walk in there and then go to the bathroom like bro it really ain't doing shit for you when the rest of the time you're not wearing it bro the purpose for the mask though is always other people not yourself when you're walking by other people you're you don't want to be like talking, spreading your shit, walking by people like you could probably still get it. But I think the point is like the common courtesy of when you're walking by people eating at a restaurant or something like, yo, throw the mask on <laughs> when you're sitting down eating at your table, like do it, do whatever you want to do. It's so funny when we describe shit like this. Isn't it crazy that this is like what it is now? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty wild. I think it's interesting to see, like, when masks are, like, like like you said, which started the whole thing, like, when they're not a thing, how long some people wear them, because I'm sure a bunch of people wear them, like, forever in any kind of public place. Like I said, like, I don't know, if it was years down the line, they're not required, I don't have my mask, I'm not, like, going home to get it to go to the grocery <laughs> store, but, like... I feel like if I just had it in my car or whatever, I see no reason why I wouldn't just throw it on. Like, I literally have no problem wearing a mask to the grocery store. I'm all for it. Oh, man. That's actually hilarious. Uh, Yeah, all right, brother. That was great. I I don't even know where I'm at with it. I'm just, like, wearing it. And I only – I, like, wear, like, the gaiters and shit. So, like, I just, like, always have it. And I've, yeah. I've like, worn one all year, last year in the sun. And, like, people are like, oh, aren't you hot as shit? And I'm like – not really dude it's just like i'm so used to this thing being on my face at this point that i'm like yeah i don't know i feel like i don't i don't have one of those i have like a whatever like cloth type mask with a thing in it but um i feel like the gator ones are pretty yeah like pretty light yeah they say they're not as safe but like i didn't get sick and to me they're more (laughs) comfortable so i just rock it i don't know that's just my style all right, brother. Glad we got to link up. I don't know. I'll see if you're around. Tomorrow I'm supposed to go doing some indoor golfing and shit with Smikes and uh, Dukes. So that's later in the that's afternoon. That's um, Tuesday will be my last day of before I head back to work. So I don't know if anything crazy happens. Maybe we'll try and link up yeah. for a little bit. But otherwise, yeah, try and get one. In I'll try and hit Tuesday, you up. Or I'll hit you up and see. Uh, I'll be doing like a weekly thing, so I'll just stay in touch with you, and I'm sure I'll catch you on the sticks and stuff. For sure, for sure. Try and get right, that P5. Let me know, man. Be back on soon. All right, brother. Peace, kid. Peace, man. Richie. Hey. Always good to catch up.
with my guy Rich. Looking forward to doing some indoor golf with Dukes and Smikes, my brother, tomorrow. Trying to hopefully enjoy my last couple of days off here, rip up a pot or two potentially, spend some time with my pup, let her out, let her enjoy some of the non-snow on the ground type of weather. And I'll be watching them sports. Got a 3.30 Clippers game today. Uh, don't even know who they're playing, but I know they're playing at 3.30. Then you got four or five games after one was postponed. Bunch of NCAA hoops still happening this week. Obviously, we'll get back into the sports news from the NFL offseason if Dak gets tagged. Russell Wilson. Seems to be endless stories coming out in the world of sports, no matter what sport you like to follow. Baseball really cranking back up March 1st, tomorrow. Just about a month or so away, right, from opening day. Clippers Bucks, that's what it is. Clippers Bucks, Drew Holiday supposed to be get back. 3.30 ABC. Four-game win streak for the Bucks. Haven't had Drew Holiday. We'll see if they're for real in the Eastern Conference. Getting back one of their main guys today up against a powerhouse in the West. In the Clippers. NBA has been really fire. NFL offseason activities have been great. I haven't been talking much Giants, but Daniel Jones is putting in work, and they're flying under the radar, and I love it. Just kind of waiting, sitting back, following any offseason transactions in the NFL and just waiting for that NFL draft, April 29th, all the bogus and mocks and rumors leading up to it. Just want it to take place. Then we'll really see where everybody's at come that time, especially in the NFL, with the cap being now projected at 180, $180 million, coming down from 198.2 the year before due to the pandemic. A lot of interesting decisions to be made on rosters across the league. Still catching up on Tiger being transferred to Cedars. Sinai Medical Center, um, just trying to figure out what's going on with obviously his injuries and his recovery and seeing pretty much similar to Alex Smith's situation, but his situation took eight months until he could have his surgery. Tiger was able to have it just one week prior to the situation. Um, a lot of guys on the PGA Tour presumably wearing Tiger Red today sunday the last day of black history month for the year first day of women's history month tomorrow that's all i had for the airwaves today appreciate all listening as always and as always still had no shame what i had to say just a man with a nickname till next time everybody peace and love stay safe out there shout out to my guy tiger you're listening to second Steve.